Turn your Bibles tonight to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I did want to give you a short update on Patrick and Miss Christelle and Jabwe. Um, there are some things that I think we will wait to announce, but I did want to tell you, Brother Patrick informed me that he was asked, he, he went to a church and presented his ministry, and through that, he was asked to come to a recording studio and record 50 gospel messages in German. And that place who recorded him is going to find, number one, they're, look, they're going to find sponsors to, to pay for TV airing of those sermons in Germany. Amen. And so who knows what that could do. Imagine on public television getting the gospel aired in Germany of uh, 50 different gospel messages. So pray for Brother Patrick. He's, I think he's done 20 or 25 of those already, and he's working on some more. So it's, it's an amazing opportunity for him, and he, we, we were discussing it, and he had mentioned somebody else. They had told him that they had done this for another man who was a missionary in Lithuania. And when the man got to the airport in Lithuania, somebody said, hey, I know you. I've seen you before. And what an open road and opportunity. Amen. So pray for Brother Patrick uh, as he does that. Patrick is an amazing speaker in German. Now, he's originally from Cameroon. He's a German citizen, but originally from Cameroon. And German is his, I don't know, third, fourth language, second, third, fourth, I don't know. Uh, I think it's his third language. I think his English is first, I mean French, and then English, and then German. Uh, and uh, when I was in Germany, he would translate from English to German, um, and then once in a while also French. He's, uh, God has given him a given ability, amen. Matthew chapter 11, verse, and let's see, let me find the right place here. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 1. Let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 11. And verse 1. And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. I want to preach to you tonight a message titled, What to Do When Your Faith Falters. What to do when your faith falters. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as John said, Father, I am from this earth. And that means I of myself have nothing to give your people but earthly wisdom. But Father, you are from above. Amen. You have wisdom. You are wisdom and I ask tonight that your wisdom would speak through me. Not for my sake, Father, but for thy name's sake and for the sake of your people, that they would be, that this truth tonight, Father, would be a 
help and encouragement to us, Lord, not just tonight, but in the days and weeks and months and years to come until you re you'll return, whether that be tonight or whether that be to down 10 years or 20 years or, Lord, whether we're all uh, in the grave and before you're coming, Father, I pray that this truth would lead us and guide us and would give us strength when it's needed. I pray, Lord, that you'd, if we don't need it tonight, that you'd help us to store it in our heart and our mind for the time that it's needed. Father, I pray that you would be a pastor and, his, and Mr. Beth tonight as he preaches also. Father, may your power be upon him, and I pray that you would, he, you would accomplish that which you sent him forth to accomplish. Now, Father, I ask that you give us ears to hear what your spirit would say tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When we look at this passage of Scripture, we find out that John, John's faith, is faltering. We're talking about the great John the Baptist, of whom Jesus said, there was never a man born of woman greater than John the Baptist. But yet we find John here and it seems like his faith is faltering and he sends somebody to say, are you the one? That's interesting because we see in other passages of Scripture that John was convinced that Jesus was the one. Turn to John chapter 1 and verse 29. John chapter 1 and verse 29. The next day, Jesus seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is, is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize, that is God, the Father, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Amen. So here's John, he's baptizing and he baptizes Jesus and he sees the Spirit of God descending on him. And God had already told John the Baptist, hey, I'm going to tell you, you're the voice of one crying in the wilderness. You're preparing the way to the Lord. You're the one that's saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is just about to be here. And I'm telling you that right around the corner, the king is going to be here. And then the father said to him, I'll tell you how to know who it is. When you see the Spirit descending upon him, you'll know it's him. And John saw it. And he bore record. He said, I see it. This is the Son of God. But yet, we find in Matthew chapter 11 that John is sending somebody to say, Art thou he that should come? 
We find later in, after this first experience where John proclaims, Behold the Lamb of God and says, I, I bear record that this is the Son of God. We find that J John's faith grows more than that. You see, in our first faith, often what happens is God gives us a directive in our life. As we grow in our walk with God and as we get closer to God, God often will give us directors and he'll give us some understanding of the scripture, understanding of the way of life. And we begin to, our faith begins to grow and we say, hey, just like God said it would happen, I see it happening. And our faith grows. And that's what's happening to John. And John said, just like I was told, I knew I could trust in God because what he said came true. But later on in John's life, and we won't turn there for time's sake, but we find out that John the Baptist is, is baptizing. And Jesus' disciples are baptizing. And the, John's, baptized, bab, John's disciples come and they say, Hey, did you know that this man is baptizing more people than you are? And we know that John's faith is grown in the Son of God, in the Lamb of God, for he says, He must increase, right. That's right. but I must decrease. Not only did John believe that the king was here. Not only did John understand this is the son of God. And you, you, we have to understand that in, in the Messiah, in the son of God, Israel was looking for a king. They thought that that meant when he came, they, the king would rise up and they would follow him. And they would be a part of his kingdom. And he would deliver them there and now from the rulers of the world. And so as John sees that Jesus is growing in fame and popularity, he recognizes it's okay. And he says, it's okay, because he must increase. John recognized that, you know, this, this man is, is the, the, it, he was looking at that point, he's looking through spiritual eyes and he's saying, it's more important of what is coming and what God is trying to do than whether I am the one in Israel that is looked up to the most. It is more important that God's work is accomplished than it is that all the people should come to me. So he has to increase and I have to decrease. But yet, in Matthew chapter 11, we find John with faltering faith. Why is John's faith faltering? What has happened in his life that caused him to suddenly doubt all that he was so boldly proclaimed. I believe tonight I, what I want to say is that there's a particular time or times in all of our lives when our faith seems to falter. And I think tonight if we can look at John's life, we can learn when that time is and how to handle that time. So let me say, number one tonight, that what causes our faith to falter is a personal offense. Look at Matthew, once again, at Matthew chapter 11 and verse 2. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ. When John had heard in prison the works of Christ. You see, here we have John who boldly proclaimed, this is the Lamb of God, this is the Son of God. John, the one who said, he must increase and I must decrease. Now he's in prison, and in my opinion is that John is thinking, wait a second, I thought when the Messiah came, he was going to deliver us. 
If he is who he says he is, and I have given my life to live away from everybody, to deprive myself, to, to, to eat locusts and wild honey, and to live in the wilderness, and to be all alone, and I've given my life, and, I, and I've gone through hard struggles to proclaim him, to prepare the way for him, but now, here I am, he's increasing, and he's leaving me in prison. Why am I standing, so to speak, on death row when the king is here? It's most of the time in our lives when our faith begins to falter is when there's an offense, so to speak, in our life. An offense is when we, with our human understanding of God's plan, our human understanding of God's plan doesn't seem to pan out. That's right. yeah. We as human beings have an idea. We have a vision. We have a, uh, we have a, a, a thinking of, okay, God has given us this and God has given us this. And, and so we, a lot of times, mix God's plan, what God says, with our own visions, yeah, our own right. thinking, our own understanding. We say, okay, I know what God is doing. And then when it gets to the painful time, and we who were free like John in the wilderness are in prison and in bondage, we're saying, God, did you really mean what you said? That's good, brother. Yeah. That's awesome. I was sure that he was the Messiah. I was sure that what God told me I saw in, in him, and I thought for sure that, but if he is the Messiah, then why am I sitting here in prison? When pain, personal pain is involved, it often causes us to falter in our faith of God's eternal plan. Number one, our personal offense, offense personally, taken personally, is just causes our faith to falter. Number two, believing through that time of personal offense takes spiritual eyes. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 20. Just a few pages. So this is just a little bit further in the narrative that Matthew has given us. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 20. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. Uh, let's see, I'm coming. But he that received the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word of God, the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. What did Jesus say after they came to John and Jesus said, go and tell them this is what you see. Go and tell John, what does he say in verse 4? Go and tell John again. I wondered how many times John had, was, had to say, uh, man, I'm, I, I, I was sure, but let's, let's find out again. Jesus told him, tell him what you see, but then he said in verse 6, and blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. 
whosoever is not offended in me. And we find out in this passage of scripture the understanding of what it is that causes us to be offended. And it's the same exact thing that John is enduring that's causing him to, to possibly be offended. And that is be, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. We also find if we keep reading and he also that verse 22 of, of Matthew chapter 13, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. So what is all of these things? Verse 21, verse 22, both the stony ground. And the thorny ground. What is, the, what is it that, that causes the word or these people to become unfruitful? It's looking at things through human eyes. When persecution and tribulation comes, they are offended because certainly God who I'm serving cannot allow this to happen to me. Then the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. What is that? Focusing on this world. Not seeing that which is above, but that which is beneath. John had testified and he had said, I testify to you what I, what I, what I know from this earth, but he's the one who tells you what comes from heaven. He's been there. He has seen it. He can tell you. So listen to him. I must increase. Or he must increase, but I must decrease because I don't know all that he knows. And so if that time in our lives where all that we thought and hoped and our understanding, it doesn't turn out and it doesn't pan out and we are tempted to come to the place where our faith is faltering and we're going to get offended, we must not look at the circumstances but at what God is doing. John's in prison. That's his circumstance. But Jesus says, go and tell him that you've seen this and this and this and this. What is that? He is telling them, go and tell John what God is doing, what Jesus is doing. And when he knows what Jesus is doing, he'll know that God is still on the throne and everything's okay. Spiritual eyes don't focus on the circumstances. They focus on what God is doing. Spiritual eyes don't look upon worldly values, but on God's values. That's what we read in verse 22. And there, care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. But, verse 23, he that receives seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it and also beareth fruit. What, is he under, what do they understand? God's values. Not the deceitfulness of riches. Not the circumstances of the pain. But how God sees things. Spiritual eyes are not focused on self, but on others. 
We see, and I'm giving you these points because they, they correlate with what Jesus taught us so often in the New Testament, which was just a summarizing of all the Old Testament law. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. If we don't look at our circumstances but on God and what he is doing, if we don't look on our worldly values but take on God's values, if we don't focus on ourselves but we focus on others, it will get us through the times where our faith is faltering. And I'm saying to you tonight that we should not expect that our faith not falter. We have to live in a truthful, real, reality world and understand if we're human beings, if we have John, the last prophet of the Old Testament, who is greater than any born of a woman, if he is faltering in his faith, the one who had the faith to proclaim that Jesus was God and behold the Lamb of God, if he's faltering, then you and I are going to have times in our lives where pressures come and trials come and heartaches come and we're saying, God, I thought you were the saying, but I don't see it happening. The only thing that's going to carry us through those times not looking at things the way man sees them, but as God sees Amen. them. Amen. Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended in me. We, I think I've said this before, and I don't remember where, when, but because of the prosperity gospel that's preached in the churches today. Yeah. We have such a warped idea of what it means to be blessed. If we really want to know what it means to be blessed, just, just type in the word blessed into your, into, your, into your Bible program or look it up in a concordance if you'd like to do it that way. Look up the word blessed and look at what God says in blessed and look at the people who he says are blessed and find out that it's not what the prosperity gospel preaches about being blessed. The angel said to Mary, Blessed art thou among women. But from that time forth, Mary's life was not what we would call an enviable life. But she was blessed. But Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended in me. So I'm saying tonight that Jesus is saying this of John the Baptist. And the amazing thing is, is that John the Baptist was tempted to be offended in Jesus Christ. That tells me that humanity can be offended by perfection. That's right. That's good. Amen. You wonder how, why it's so easy for us as brothers and sisters of Christ to be offended with one another because we as humans can be offended by perfection. John the Baptist was not the only one. Jesus said this. To, I think he was, he was telling them to tell John this, and he's trying to give John a message and say, hey, just because things don't seem right, don't be offended at that. Don't take it personal. Don't think that God is not who he says he is. Yeah. 
because so often things in our human eyes and our human mind, it just doesn't go like we think. So often the spiritual things are so different than we envision. So many people in Jesus' ministry were offended at him. In fact, let's turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 54. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty acts? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto him, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And if we study, there's other places we won't take time tonight, but the Bible talks and tells us of many times the disciples who who came to him, not the twelve, but although all the twelve on the night that Jesus was taken captive, Jesus said, All of you tonight are going to be offended in me. Many, many people were offended in Jesus Christ. But Jesus was perfection. So it tells me it's not what God is doing that's the problem. It's that we humans can't always see what God is doing because our eyesight is not right. I remember a time, and I won't tell the whole story, and probably because I, especially people out there, won't under, will, will think I'm crazy. But some of you in here will too. But my wife knows the stories and how God sent a man to us many, many times and got us in times that we were down and we were out and we were wondering what in the world God was doing. Like there was a man that would come to us and he would give us encouragement from God. And I, that's all the way I can explain it. But there was always something about him that just seemed like, can this really be God trying to tell me this? Because something's wrong with this guy. But he always showed up when we needed it and answered a prayer. And he would always tell us when he showed up, you know who Jesus is, right? Jesus is the Son of God. Salvation is through Jesus. I remember the first time I met him and I thought, man, I have not heard that very much in in Ghana. Who is this guy? I remember one time in particular he was saying that I was going through a terrible time as far as struggle battles and he showed up and he said I saw you some years ago you were walking through fire but you were not alone Jesus was with you and I knew at that moment that he was telling me that Jesus was telling me you're not alone but things were just not quite, they were a little bit abnormal with that guy. And I, I remember in my mind thinking, I, I'm trying to, trying to figure out, is this guy from God or not? And he turned and looked at me and said, you have to have faith to see. And I said, wow. <laughs> I could tell you many, many stories. 
But I think that's what God is talking about here. Even though Jesus was perfection, God in the flesh, people looking through human eyes found things to doubt about whether he was from God. And so you and I are going to have times in our life where our faith tends to falter because there's something we find, so to speak, offensive. And the way we get through that is to remind ourselves, put on the spiritual glasses. Let us look and see what God is doing. Let us look and see how God is involved. Let us look at what's happening and we'll see, yeah, God's here. And lastly, if man was tempted to be offended in Jesus, how much more will man be tempted to be offended in man? As I've been, the longer I've been on the journey with God, the more God has showed me how much His Holy Spirit works through anybody that's willing to be used. But God always leaves humanity in our earthen vessels. The Bible says that the power and the glory may be of God and not of man. But what we often focus on is the human rather than what God is doing through them. And so I'm saying tonight that number one, when our faith falters in God, put on the spiritual glasses. But number two, when our faith falters with our fellow man, put on the spiritual glasses. And try not to see as man sees. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. One of the things I love most about our preacher is that for all the years I've known him, he's been a man who does his best to see the heart. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shouldn't we also? As God moves in our church, Satan's going to look for every opportunity help us to be offended and when that comes put on the spiritual glasses and say let us see what God is doing and then let us trust in him I wish I had a happy ending to the story of John but I don't John is beheaded and even in his beheading it does not mean that God had failed. For you and I are here today because Jesus increased and he decreased. Sometimes in the gospel it requires that you and I decrease so that God can increase for the sake of the gospel. Let us look at God's point of view. Father in heaven.